It's time for Crack the Customer Code, the ultimate podcast to help you unlock the secrets to understanding and connecting with your customers. Now it's time for your hosts, the wonder twins of customer experience, Adam Toporek and Jeannie Walters. Jeannie, what is your biggest weakness? You know, it's I, I care too much. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too much of a perfectionist. I, uh, I just give and give and give. Wow. Is that the right answer? Is this that is the what, right answer? Yeah. This is why <laughs> when you're doing a job interview, it's helpful if the person on the other end of the interviewing table doesn't know anything about you. You can get away with these things. Let's try a different question, Jeannie. Sell me this pen. Uh, it's the best pen in the whole world, and you'll thank me later. Oh, my gosh. You are, <laughs> this is why I'm not in sales. You are not hired. I can crush the pen thing. But we are uh, talking about sales, which I always love. Um, we are talking about putting fuel behind your oh, sales. nicely done. Like nicely you see what, done. You see what I did there? I do. I do. <laughs> because we're talking to C. Lee Smith, who is the founder of Sales Fuel. And I bet as I say that, some of you are going, oh, I know them because – they're kind of out there. They're everywhere. They've got tons of resources all about sales, which, as we know, is a big part of customer experience. Exactly. And it's something we've definitely talked about on the podcast before. And uh, Lee's take on it was really interesting. And I think we get into you know, why it's important as a part of the journey. And then the idea of how you know having your salespeople be a cultural fit in the larger journey as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen to that. I think that's important for every role. Um, but yeah, it's a good discussion. It's about kind of leadership and how sales has changed and all of the different ways that we need to think about it differently today in order to really make it uh, an impactful part of the customer experience, not just a transactional part. 100, Jeannie. That's what they're saying nowadays. 100. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. All right. Well, let's hear about Lee and get to the good stuff. Excellent. So C. Lee Smith is the CEO and founder of Sales Fuel, a Columbus, Ohio-based firm that was named one of the top 15 sales enablement vendors in 2019 by Selling Power. Through its unique portfolio of sales tools, training, and intelligence, Sales Fuel provides thousands of sales teams nationwide with the power to sell smarter, providing further value to their accounts, standing out from competition, and attracting a higher level of talent and clientele. He's a C-suite network advisor and a co- and co-host of the popular Manage Smarter podcast. When not planning Sales Fuel's next breakthrough tool or advising his clients, you can find him on his bicycle raising money for cancer research and other charitable organizations with his team, the Honey Badgers. Hey there, Lee. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks, Jeannie. It's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, great to have you, Lee. And I always love talking about sales. And it's something we definitely chatted about on the podcast from a few different perspectives. And one of the things we talk about is how sales sets the stage for the rest of the experience because it's so early in the experiential journey. So coming from that sales perspective, how do you think salespeople should view their role in the larger customer journey? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question these days because salespeople are actually coming into the customer journey a little bit later than perhaps they have historically. I mean, historically, you know, you didn't have access to the internet or anything like that, and you really relied on a salesperson to come in and tell you all about the product that they're selling. Whereas nowadays, uh, most people, you know, before salesperson, before they even 
reach out to a, a salesperson to be contacted, they're already Googling you. They're already on, on your website. They're already checking out competitors. They're, they're checking out independent reviews. So they know a lot about the product. Uh, that they reach out the, then to you if they have questions or they're confused about the information that they have or they need something much deeper. Like, for example, how do I use this product you know, to, to uh, meet my objective or to overcome my problem? I like to say that, uh, that, that your product or your solution is not really a, a solution. It's the successful and proper use of your product or service. That's the solution. And that's really where the salesperson comes into the, to the, to the journey these days. And of course, then there's also the, the still the role of, you know, they they know that they want something, they know that they want to do something, but yeah, maybe they just need a little push, or they just need a little incentive to do it right now, uh, you know. And that's where the human element co- comes into play. And so, when you say the human element, can you expand on that a little bit? Because I think you bring up an interesting point that we all now rely on. You know, we call him Mr. Google in our house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's ask <Chat> Mr. Google. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we get so much information that way. So, if, you know, where, what is the role that a salesperson should play now in that customer journey from where all of a sudden they're kind of thrown into a discussion that they don't necessarily know they're having? You know, like how, what's the best way for a salesperson to really own that and introduce that kind of human element, as you put it? I really feel like this is the one thing that salespeople in general get wrong, but they think that they're getting right. Mm. It's it's that um, even when I when I judge sales competitions, and I, I see a, a lot of it's all about business, 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 data, 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 you know, problem solution, and what gets totally overlooked is the human aspect of the buyer. You know, maybe we've done some discovery on the business and what the, you know, what their needs are, what their wants are and problems that we can solve and that sort of thing. But, you know, what about the buyer? You know, what do they get out of it? And why would they want to put themselves through the hassle of having a champion change and to prepare all the stakeholders in their company who are going to be affected by that change and to be able to go and acquire budget for it? And what are they going to get out of it? And I think that's something that we kind of overlook is the fact that, you know, there is that extra work and there is something that they hope to be getting out of it. But salespeople don't really spend the time to explore that. I had one salesperson once who didn't make it here. And it's because all she wanted to do is just get right down to business right away. And she had no interest whatsoever in the, in the human being she was talking to on the other end of the phone or right in front of her face. And that's really not who we are as a company. It's certainly not how we, how we teach people and train people. So we tried and tried and tried to, uh, you know, to get her to see the light and it just never happened. And, and the thing is, is that, uh, you know, no one's going to listen until they know that you care. Mm. And I think that it's one thing to care about the company, yeah, but it, you know that could also be perceived as self-serving as a salesperson. Well, you care about my company because that's where the money is coming from, uh, where you build those long-lasting relationships and, and 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 really have a customer for life is that when you care about them individually and personally, and uh, and, and have conversations along those lines instead. Mm-hmm. So when you're, you know, we all try to avoid that. Of course, let's see. Uh, one of the most difficult things in business is hiring the right person mm. for cultural fit and for you know for the job role itself. So are you doing anything to make sure you're uh, not having too many of those situations where you try to get them to see the light and they don't, where you hopefully have hired the right person in the first place? Do you got any, well, so uh, there's a classic situation of 
uh, you know, the, the salesperson's best sales job is the one that they do on an interview and you never see that, that person again. So, <laughs> and so what we've, what we've tried to do there is that that, that kind of is what led us down the line, down the road of starting to do uh, da- data analysis, you know, whether it be assessments and analyzing big data, analyzing social media, analyzing sentiment and all kinds of things. What are their, of course, in addition to the interview questions about, you know, what are your personal philosophies and that sort of thing? And please share with me a time when, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the thing is that when hiring salespeople, it's like you really have to believe only half of what you see and even less of what you hear. That as a sales manager, as a hiring manager, hiring salespeople, you have to have a really strong BS detector. And, uh, and so, because you can be really wowed by somebody and their past experience and, and things of that nature. And I, I think that was a case of a hiring team that hired that salesperson. And, uh, you know, and a closer look, though, at the assessments, though, the actual data part of it uh, would have revealed that there, there'd be a problem there. And so I like to use the data not as a replacement for human judgment, but as a way to stack the, stack the deck in our favor. So that, you know, it, it can reassure that what we think we're seeing in a person we're actually seeing, or it can also be a check and balance. And I say, wait a minute, this person looks great. How come their assessment says this? And it's like, I need to really maybe take a step back then and actually start you know, scrutinizing a couple things more carefully. And so that's what got us into the whole idea of, of, of assessing not only behavior, communication, learning style, motivations, uh, culture fit, all those types of things. Because, uh, yeah, we did not want to have some, you know, we don't want to have somebody here that doesn't care about people. So it's like she get, get to go a bang up presentation on on product and on, on needs of the business and everything like that. But, uh, you know, it's like when, when it came down to actually talking to a person, she just could not wait to get down to business and could care less about the person on the other end of the phone. Mm. And she knew how to answer that question. What's your greatest weakness? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, that's, I, try, I try too hard. <laughs> that's really, that's really, that's really my, Jim, that's really Jim my greatest weakness. right? I care yeah. too much. I just care too much, yeah. right? Exactly. Uh, I, I, the thing is, is like people who are good at interviews and too also have to wonder, it's like, why are they good at interviews? So, <laughs> <laughs> Lots of practice. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it's interesting to think about how sales has kind of changed in the last decade or so, too, because in a way, what you've talked about is that idea that somebody would come in and want to get down to business. That was kind of the the classic stereotype right, of, of mm-hmm. what a salesperson does. And so I would imagine that leadership is a big part of getting the right people and making sure that they are successful. And mm-hmm. so how can leaders connect the dots between what sales looks like today for their teams and how that connects to the rest of the customer journey? Because in, in the past, it was more transactional. And now we really do have to connect those dots. So how can leaders do that? Well, the thing is, you've got e-commerce, you've got AI yep. becoming more prevalent. And so that's not going to go away. That's only going to become more prevalent in the world. So there's less of a need for a salesperson to fill those roles into transactional roles and really more online of uh, you know uh, implementation and and how you actually use the product and also the human element of it so from a leadership standpoint um, I like to say this is if you improve a sales rep you improve one person but if you improve the leadership you improve the entire sales team so the first place that we like to, to consult people in, in transforming their sales team is starting at the leadership uh, because the easiest thing that they can do and the easiest thing that they can control is themselves. And so there are things that uh, we have a list of 52 things that we do in our culture check assessment, for example, hmm. uh, that we ask the, the sales team about. And about 30 or 30, 
four of them actually have to do with the manager themselves. And that actually gives us some hints as far as, okay, what are the areas where we really feel like we need to remind the, the manager of, you know, some of the areas for improvement there? And the other thing is, is the manager buys in immediately on uh, improving herself or himself, uh, then we're, we're, we're being a good role model. We're modeling the behavior that we want the salespeople then to adapt. So it's like, hey, I've gone through this already. And you know, it's become, a, you told us that, da, 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 so here's what I'm doing about it and, and do it publicly and visibly. Uh, that really sets a the great example then for transforming the rest of the sales team going forward. So it is about leading by example as part of it too, right? Like you have to walk the talk in order to be the kind of leader who gets that from other yeah. people. It totally is. And, and the thing is, is that we don't, where people sometimes fall down on this is that uh, we're talking about people skills. And sometimes it's really difficult for, you know, it's easy to, to see what everybody else is doing wrong from a people skill standpoint. Sometimes it's really difficult to look inward and actually see what you're doing wrong. And so sometimes you have to have a person tap you on the shoulder or, or a boss, you know, in a one-on-one -on -one se session, you know, bring it to your attention or an assessment in, in our case to, uh, to point out, I mean, there are 15, you know, First, people skills that at least fifteen people skills that salespeople need to have to be successful, uh, you know, in the role. And so, uh, you know, yeah, we, we have to start there, and you, you you don't always see it yourself. So it really starts with self awareness first, and then yeah, leaders go first. So you know that that's what we're doing. So yeah, there is nothing new under the sun when you say leadership by example and walk the talk and and all that. It's it, it's so true even today. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, one of the things I talk about in the customer experience side is incentives and the use of incentives. And that's sort of been a classic trap with salespeople mm. in the larger customer mm -hmm. journey, right? You mm -hmm. know, lying to make the sale, pushing to, you know, <laughs> do things that downstream end up with disappointed customers and frustrated customer service uh, reps or departments. So how do you approach when you're looking at the entire customer journey, how do you approach incentivizing sales? I, I would say that, it, you know, look at the behavior that you're trying to, uh, that you're incentivizing and don't be surprised when you get it. So uh, perhaps, you know, when you're, when we're factoring these things in, let's take a look at the, our customers' NPS scores, for example. I mean, will, will they recommend us then to, to another client? Or let's take, let's incentivize then testimonials or referrals or something like that, you know, to show that we've delighted the customer. Uh, you know, I always like to say that outcome leads to income. And so if we're incentivizing the income, bringing the revenue in instead of incentivizing the outcome for the customer, uh, we've got it backwards because what we're doing is we're really incentivizing a short term gain instead of incentivizing the long term gain. Again, so uh, you know, I'm a big disciple of the Disney Institute. It was like my mm -hmm. my VP of communications. You know, you know worked at Ritz Carlton. So I mean, we're you know, and, and we're all big fans of Tom Peters. And it's like a lot of the management philosophies that uh, that I you know have you know I, I learned initially uh, by right reading his books. And it was great. I got to actually got to interview him on a couple of times on the Manage Smarter podcast recently, and um, that was a big thrill. But it's like that's. Yeah, you know, we're really all about the, the customer service, and I'm really happy that you know our customer retention rate is 98% has been that way for you know, more than 10 years. And it's like it's because we value our existing customers more than we value new customers. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the other thing too. You can look at like if you look at these ads, like for cell phone companies or whatever, they, they have these great deals for monthly rates and everything like that. They're always for new customers. Yep. And it's like, well, what you know, you know, what do the existing people get, or the cable companies, or something like that, do that occasionally? And and I love cable companies uh, because they're they're clients of ours. So, but it's like I, I'm just talking about 
I'm just talking about you know the ads that you see, and it's like it's like, and then if, if you were to call up and try to cancel your cable service, like oh, magically you get a you get a new a better yeah. deal. <laughs> Same thing goes with your wireless phone or anything like that. It's like wait a minute, it's like I've been a customer of yours for ten years or whatever. How about you know I should be. You know, loyalty is a two-way street. I should be getting this deal before you know the new customers, but you're incentivizing the new customers and valuing them more than you're valuing our existing customers, and that's it's so much easier to grow sales through your existing customers than it is to go out and get mm-hmm. new ones. It's so true, and I love that idea that you mentioned about uh, incentivizing referrals and testimonials and things like that, because that really does show a different kind of um, you know. Re- emphasis on the relationship rather than the transaction, which is really great. And and I think, you know, there's so much to unpack around sales. And I know you have so many resources out there. So how can our listeners find out more about you and what you do, as well as just find those resources that you have available? Well, if you head over to, to, to our company's website, salesjewel.com, I'm, I'm delighted that and humbled that Selling Power Magazine rated us as one of the top 15 sales enablement companies in the oh, world uh, for 2019, which is really fantastic. Uh, we've got tons of resources there. We've got white papers. We've got podcasts. We've got uh, we've got a daily a daily blog called Sales Fuel Today that you can subscribe to. Uh, we have uh, we've just launched a uh, data driven adaptive sales coaching platform uh, that actually then uh, it's one thing to use all the data then in the hiring process, but it's even better to use that data than to use it for managing and coaching and developing uh, your existing team than to have. You know, four percent, five percent higher performance. If you do that for, you know, the majority of your team or whatever, look at the the impact there is extraordinary. And so, what we try to do with it, with 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 data, uh, that we get both through scientific assessments, but also through feedback loops and uh, and other survey polling and things like that that that, that we do with the team. Uh, you know, we take all of that data and then we actually then help the managers coach and develop each individual person based on their own individual needs, wants, desires, but also how, to, how they communicate and how they operate. And uh, we found that that has, has been working extraordinary for us. So we've got a platform called Sales Fuel Coach that you'll find on the website. And we, we do quite a few other things as well for uh, for sales enablement and business intelligence. And uh, you'll find it there. But you know, even if you don't you know, part- take us up on that, uh, there's lots of lots of free resources that, that's there where we, we publish our research that we do uh, several times a year and put them out and uh, make them available to, to all of our uh, all of our fans and subscribers. Oh, well, appreciate it. It sounds like there is a ton of value there and you provided a ton of value today. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. And it's great having you on. You're welcome, Adam. If you know, if you want to you want to get value, you have to give value first. There you go. There thank you, go. you so right, much. Thanks, Lee. Lee. Appreciate it. Thank you. So Jeannie, I'm still not buying that pen from you. Well, you know what I need to do is figure out how to sell things. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I'm not a sales expert. I'm a CXCS person. Okay, let's just start with that. But I'm fairly sure you can start by identifying your product more specifically than things. <laughs> yeah, well. This is uh... helpful to the buyer. I know this. <laughs> I got these things you may want to yeah. check out. I don't I don't know what the problem is. Just buy they, this thing. They, they do stuff and <laughs> they're also cool. I think I need to take advantage of some of the resources he mentioned at the end there. <laughs> yes. You need to get everything on salesfuel.com that you can. <laughs> exactly. 
Now, it's always it's always fascinating to me how a lot of people do not associate the sales process with the customer journey. They think about them as two different ideas. And a lot of times you hear about things like the buyer's journey, and it literally ends when somebody buys the product. I'm like, but there's so much more. <laughs> like, uh, and so I really appreciate that we're talking about this and that we're connecting those dots with you know, guests like Lee, because it is absolutely vital to set the right expectations. And it is absolutely part of the bigger customer journey. Oh, it's huge. And it's it's one of the weak points in traditional customer journeys. It always mm-hmm. has been. And all I can say is it's 2019, wake up and smell the entire journey. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're talking about nowadays. You, you just, you know, the silo thing and the sales thing mm-hmm. disconnected from the rest of the journey and the same with marketing, right? The same with the expectations set by marketing, uh, the things that are talked about, the the things that end up rippling downstream Mm -hmm. that can create huge experiential problems or on the positive side can be part of a wonderful, harmonious, (laughs) silo-free journey that exists in the fantasy land in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I hope that we've sold to you the importance of connecting the dots between sales and the rest of the journey. Thank you. See, I I like that we give each other props for those little segues (laughs) we do. Like we're we're so impressed with ourselves. Oh, Jeannie. (laughs) Jeannie may pick funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. We are a proud member of C-Suite Radio. So be sure to check out all the great business content at C-Suite Radio com and csuitetv.com. We so appreciate you spending your valuable time with us. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our journey mapping program, CX training, and keynote speaking at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Tepork, and you can learn more about our keynote speaking, customer service workshops, and how we can help you win with experience at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.